0: Cabaret performer Maude Maggart grew up surrounded by music and creativity. The daughter of Broadway performers and sister of singer-songwriter Fiona Apple, Maude has music in her bones. From an early age she wanted to express it her way, though, and not follow in the footsteps of her more celebrated relatives. Maude focuses on the standards and, in particular, those songs that harken back to an earlier era. Maud and I met in New York City after her run at the Algonquin Hotel's Oak Room, and talked about her most recent show celebrating the music of Irving Berlin. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I asked Maud what it's like being the daughter of showbiz parents. Well,
1: <laughs> my first thought was, well, everybody's crazy <laughs> well, in the show good. business family. No, I mean, not crazy, but, you know, it's colorful. It's growing up in a certainly colorful way.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Is that good or bad? Or both?
1: Both. Both. Mostly good, Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, Fiona and I were always encouraged to express ourselves and, you know, be different. and So so that
0: was really good. Uh, I can't really think of any disadvantages, really. Mm -hmm. It was pretty good. What did you enjoy about it that you were conscious of when you were younger? Did you think, I'm really fortunate to have all this music around me, or was it so natural you never even thought about it, that your life might be different than other people your age when you were a kid?
1: Yeah, I think it was so natural that I didn't really think about it Mm -hmm. so much, and uh, we we had music playing all the time, Mm -hmm. so we just grew up
0: loving it. Did you perform when you were young at home? I mean, would there be the thing of you getting up and singing? And mm-hmm. do you think that contributes to you being so natural on stage? Because you're very natural.
1: Oh, thanks. I, uh, I don't know. Maybe it does a little bit. But it's been a long time since I was because that was when I was like very little, mm-hmm. and my sister and I'd put on little plays and and sing things and things and do dances, and my father, you know, videotape it. And
0: everything. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And um. But I don't know if that informs what I do now. Really? You don't it's think been... that that's helped you be less nervous in front of people?
1: Mm, no, being less nervous in front of people was definitely a conscious effort on my part as soon as I was, you know,
0: in the last several years. And how have you done that? How have you gotten less nervous?
1: Well, just to make, I just make the decision to relax and enjoy myself. Is it that easy? <laughs> well, theoretically it's that easy, but in practice it's, it can be more difficult, I guess. I mean, you
0: know. Well, no, I'm curious because I know that I've done the same thing. When I started performing and I grew up in a musical family, so I'm asking that for a reason because I know for me it was just like you. It was, once it became professional, then it was very different for me. And I really worked at it. I studied breathing. Mm-hmm. I, it was not just I'm going to have fun took me a long time to have fun. I faked people up. They thought I was having fun. But that's what I'm asking. Is there a process? Have you gotten help with that? Is that something I know that you have been... It's been written a lot that you've been mentored by Michael Feinstein and Andrea Marcovici. Have mm-hmm. they talked to you about stage presence? Have they talked to you more about singing? Curious how one mentors. That's a big word and a big subject. How have they mentored you? Well... I think that
1: they've mentored me in a really good, special way because they've mostly left me alone and let me um, develop on my own and not tried to, like, pick at me and fix this and do this differently. They certainly offered me advice about really practical, important things, but about, like, creative process and stage presence and all that kind of stuff. I think that that stuff is so individual that... They didn't want to, to to fool with me too much, so I think that's good. Which and it's actually it's amazing because they're both so marvelous on stage, and uh, you'd think that they'd they have so much inside that they'd be just bursting to to share it with me and say, look, this is what I do. And and there were little bits of things like that, but uh, but never too much, never anything to overpower my own uh like, natural instincts.
2: The man who only lives for making money Lives a life that isn't necessarily sunny Likewise, the man who works for fame There's no guarantee that time won't erase his name The fact is The only work that really brings enjoyment Is the kind that is for girl and boyment Fall in love, you won't regret it That's the best work of all If you can get it Holding hands at midnight Neath a starry sky Nice work if you can get it And you can get it if you try Strolling with the one girl Sighing sigh after sigh Nice work if you can get it And you can get it if you try Just imagine someone Waiting at the cottage door where two hearts become one who could ask for anything more. Loving one who loves you and them taking that vow. Nice work if you can get it. If you get it, won't you tell me how?
0: Michael Feinstein, a favorite of my guest cabaret singer Maude Maggard. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Now, I'm just fresh from seeing your show and how you put it on at the Algonquin and how wonderful it was. Did you have a director for that? I know mm-hmm. you have a musical director, but you don't have a director that's giving you feedback no. on the show itself. No. So talk about developing that show and your other shows and how long you've been doing this and... How you were coming to that, because a lot of people decide they're going to be a singer, and they start singing, and you decided, I'm going to have a show as well, and how you developed that. Well, I started
1: in 2001, March of 2001. I had my debut at the Gardenia in Hollywood, and let's see, wait, the question is... uh...
0: How did you get from singing growing up and having music around the house to where I saw you last night at the Algonquin. Was this growing up thinking, I want to be on stage, or was it that I want to record, or was it conscious you'd seen cabaret performers and I want to be a cabaret performer and develop a show and sing? What was your focus? Because you didn't just overnight do what you're doing. Well,
1: I didn't know what I wanted to do with my whole life for uh, a while after college, like like a lot of young people go through, the time. Where, do they, where am I going, kind of directionless. Um, and I knew that I I obviously loved to sing and I loved music intensely, um, but uh, I think I was afraid, I was self-conscious, I was um, doubtful and all that stuff. Um, I, I never thought, I want to be a cab racing or I want to be this kind of something. I still don't even think that. Um, but... I did talk with with both Andrea and Michael a lot, um, and of course they heard me sing, and, and they said, "Well, why don't you you try it?" And Andrea said, "I really think that you should try and put a, an act together, and I think that um, you could have something there." And so that's what I did, and she helped me a lot with the first act that I put together, um, and from then on, I, let me see, I've done two, th- th- yeah, three acts since since then. Um, which I put together pretty much on my own. Andrea helped me so much with the first one. And then I concentrated on the women of the 1920s, and then I did a show about 1933, and now it's Irving Berlin.
3: Remember the night The night you said Remember?
1: our neighborhood, which is right off of Harlem, we would always hear, like, merengue and salsa being blasted out of radios outside, and so that kind
0: of rhythm was always around. And Were you interested in pop music, the pop music of the day? Because, mm-hmm. of course, your sister went in that direction, mm-hmm. but that wasn't something that you thought you wanted to sing, or mm-hmm. did you at one point?
1: No, I don't think so. No, I mean, I like singing that stuff on my own, but I don't think that's something that I'm, I wanted to
0: you know, give out to the rest of the world, just me doing it. Mm-hmm. When did you decide that you wanted to focus on this kind of music in terms of performing it? Because you obviously have a real love for it. And it's interesting in your performance that you are obviously connected to this era of music and to the sentiment of that music. And then when you talk in between your tunes, you're obviously a very contemporary person. hmm where some people put on a show and they're sort of still in that mode in between, and you obviously are right here and now, which is really nice. It's a nice contrast, I thought. But when did you decide that? Did, some, did you hear something and it really hit you and you thought, now this speaks to me, this is something I want to perform, or did it evolve slowly? I think that
1: it, it feels really good when I sing that kind of music, when I sing songs from Great American uh, Songbook. Like, it feels good in my body, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I love singing a lot of different types of, of music, but um, this somehow just clicked within me, um, and it's it's it, it works for me. It makes me feel good. I feel, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I just like singing it mm-hmm. the most. So long, sad times, go
0: Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest is vocalist Maud Maggart. You're a Joe Stafford fan. Talk about Joe yes. Stafford. Because there were times when I'd hear something in your voice that seemed like Joe Stafford to me. I love Joe Stafford, oh, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, so talk about Joe Stafford. What do you like about her? What's not to like?
1: I mean, that rich, creamy voice, you know, always perfectly on pitch, and, uh, just the the lines she creates and, you know, it's like a massage listening to, to
0: <laughs> It is like a massage. That's good. I like that.
4: a ghost of you within my heart heart. Ghost of you my It's you who must belong to me And thrill my hearted heart Be still, my hearted heart
0: A good contrast is Bette Midler to Joe Stafford. Talk about Bette Midler and what you like about her. Oh
1: well, that was one of the um, from one of the albums that we listened to when I was a little kid. So that's always in my like in my bones from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what did I write down there? Boogie woogie bugle boy.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I think I, I wrote that down because I, I picked that song because. I had no idea at the time that it was an older tune. All, for all I knew, Bette Midler wrote it, you know. But um, we, we would just jam in the house to, to Boogie Woogie Boogle Boy. And um, I don't know, I thought of that song because, um, because of what I do now, which is singing songs that were written a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, of course, that was one of my favorite songs when I was a little kid, but I had no idea.
5: In the Army now, he's going reveley. He's the boogie-woogie bugle boy of Company B. They made him blow a bugle for his Uncle Sam. It really brought him down because he could not jam. The captain seemed to understand because the next day the cap went out and drafted a fan. And now the company jumps when he plays Reveille. He's the boogie-woogie bugle boy of Company B. A root, a toot, a toot He blows an eight to the bar. In boogie rhythm, he can't blow a note unless a bass and guitar is playing with him. And the company jumps and leaps He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of company B. He was some boogie woogie bugle boy. i company B. And when he plays boogie woogie bugle, he was busy as a busy bee. And when he plays, he made the company jump A to the bar. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of company B. And that a dooty a dooty a dooty blows an eight to the bar. of the, the same way, way in the, the early flight
0: Ed Midler's recording of Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Judy Carmichael and this is Jazz Inspired. For a schedule of upcoming programs and to sign up for our email newsletter, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com. To find out more about my music and what I'm doing, visit judycarmichael.com. My guest is cabaret vocalist Maude Maggart. What do you think you bring to this music now, the Great American Songbook? Being somebody who's living now, as a contemporary person, as a relatively young person coming to this, how do you think you approach it differently? You have to speculate on this, but I'm thinking you're not Joe Stafford. You're not living in that era. What do you bring to it that's different?
1: I guess just... It's a really general way to put it, but I, I, just in the fact that every person is different, I, I bring my own interpretation, I guess, and mm-hmm. my own feeling. And um, I don't know, what do I bring to it? What um, do you
0: hope to bring to it when you sing these things? When you pick up oh. a song, what do you want to convey?
1: I want to convey the the meaning of the song that I find mm-hmm. in the song and and have people people understand that and feel it put on your slumming clothes and get your car let's go sightseeing
3: where the high-tone people are come on there's lots of fun in store for you see how the other half lives on Let's go slumming, take me slumming, let's go slumming on Park Avenue, let us hide behind a pair of fancy glasses, and make faces when a member of the classes passes. Let's go smelling where they're dwelling. Giving everything the way they do Let us go to it, they do it, why can't we do it too?
0: Let's go slumming no stummy on Park Avenue When I was listening to you last night, I was thinking it was nice to hear romantic tunes and something that had so much feeling now especially in our world that moves so fast that sometimes the feeling is given to us, imposed on us lots of fast editing and MTV, things like that I really felt you sort of bring us all back to this composer, in this case Irving Berlin who really felt these things and could somehow distill them and make us all have a way to express these emotions that are universal, that we'll be feeling forever, whether we're living in 1920 or living now. What about Irving Berlin? I heard you express it last night, but talk about it now, what Irving Berlin means to you and what you think is so special about his compositions.
1: Well, I love the fact that his compositions are really direct and simple, but they don't insult you by spelling it out for you like like what you were talking about now with things being thrown at you with fast editing and so, they sort of predetermine your reaction or whatever it is like in mm-hmm. the in the movies when you know oh I'm supposed to cry here oh wow well, and then the feeling's gone I feel like there's there's a set structure there that he he gives you but yeah you're not beaten over the head with it
6: There may be trouble ahead. Let's face the music and dance. Soon we'll be without the moon humming a different tune. And then there may be teardrops to shed. So while there's moonlight and music and love and romance,
4: Let's face the music and
0: dance, dance. Let's face the music and dance. Fred Astaire from the soundtrack of Follow the Fleet with a score by Irving Bermin. I also thought of something that I get to ask you that I've never thought about before or gotten to ask anyone in that... I started performing in my 20s as well, and generally to an audience that was much older than I. And I was looking around at the room last night and thinking, these, this audience is much older than you. Do you think about that? Do you care about it? Does it even occur to you while you're performing? Yes. You're shaking your head, yeah. yes. So talk about that.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, shake, shake my head on the radio. <laughs> well, it is radio,
0: yes, here. I get to know the answer. Now tell everyone else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can we do this in sign language? Well, oh, yeah, sure, I do think about that. And actually, on most nights, it's been remarkable. There have been a, a really wide range of, of ages in the room, which is it's, it's pretty good, especially for a room like, like the Oak Room. Sure, it does, it does concern me. If, if, you know If the audience were all very young, I'd be concerned. I don't want them to be all anything. It's so thrilling to see, I mean, you know, it's so thrilling to see different kinds of people all enjoying the same thing. And, you know, personally to think like you're reaching so many different types of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, 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 that's a really
0: good thing when you get all different
1: kinds.
0: How do you bring this music to a younger audience? I just do the show and they can show up if they want to. You don't think about that? You don't think with my next CD I'd like to reach a broader range of people that doesn't occur to you it's just these are the tunes i like i want to record them
7: mm-hmm.
0: yeah do you think younger people are open to this music i know they are yeah yeah well they, they absolutely
1: are they tell me all the time i mean when i when i meet them they mm-hmm. see the show and yeah that's the problem it's just the the opportunity to um to hear this kind of music just isn't thrown at them mm-hmm. you know you have to seek it out anyone does there's, right. no, there's no video on MTV of uh, Irving Berlin song. Actually, there are no videos on MTV anymore. But
0: <laughs> No videos of Irving Berlin. No. I guess not. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> he isn't a big star on MTV. I haven't watched it in so long. <laughs> I haven't kept up with these things. Talk about Helen Morgan. You're a Helen Morgan fan as well. Oh,
1: yes. I'm a big Helen Morgan fan. Well, she just had such a a plaintive, fragile, sweet voice. And um, her her personal life was so tragic and, you know, full of heartache. And, you know, she just she didn't have the greatest time being here, I think. And you can hear it. I mean, once you know her story, you can hear it in her voice, too. It's so sweet and and high and beautiful little thin soprano but you can you can hear the the sorrow and little breaks in her voice and and it's just a really unique uh, sweet lovable sad sound
0: I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest, Maud Maggard, talked about her admiration of Ella Fitzgerald. Well, that's one of the greatest voices ever.
1: So great, so facile, and again, like perfectly on pitch all the time. And I mean, I, I,
0: I feel silly trying to talk about Ella Fitzgerald. Well, it's what she brings <laughs> to you personally. I think that it's interesting because I found this when people will talk about about what they get from a performance. I don't know how you feel, but people come up to me after a performance and they'll say they don't know what to say. And I'm always interested in how the performance has affected them personally because only they have that feeling. So that is valid. They're not making a value judgment on my playing. They're not saying you're good. Right. They're saying I love this about your performance. And so what about Ella speaks to you? Because, I mean, everyone knows she's great, but what does she as a singer... You hear her pitch, you say, and all of that. And what else?
1: She just... Okay, well, she just makes me feel happy.
8: I never cared much for moonlit skies... I never winked back at fireflies, but now that the stars are in your eyes, I'm beginning to see the light. I never went in for afterglow or candlelight on the mistletoe, but now when you turn the lamp down low, I'm beginning to see the light used to ramble through the park shadow boxing in the dark then you came and caused a spark that's a four alarm fire now I never made love by lantern shine I never saw rainbows in my wine but now that your lips are burning mine I'm beginning to see the light I never get much for moonlit skies I never wink back at fireflies But now that the stars are in your eyes I'm beginning to see the light I never went in for afterglow Or candlelight on the mistletoe But now when you turn the lamp down low I'm beginning to see the light ramble through the park Shadow boxing in the dark Then you came and caused a spark That's a four-alarm fire now I never made love, by light and shine I never saw rainbows in my wine But now that your lips are burning mine I'm beginning to see the light Your lips are burning, mine I'm beginning to see the
0: light How did you connect with Andy Stein? On A Prairie Home Companion. I know you've had him in your show.
1: Oh, that's when you met him. Yeah, uh, we did the show. I I was a guest um, in April at Town Hall mm-hmm. here in the city and uh, met Andy then. And he was really so nice and so much fun and obviously so, such a great musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it was a blast to, to work together.
0: Why together. violin? Was that something that just appealed to you or mm-hmm. Andy appealed to you and you thought?
1: Mm, no, I decided on violin actually uh, even before... Uh, I came to, to New York with the show because I did it in Hollywood for a while.
0: And you had a violinist in Hollywood?
1: Well, actually, I did only have piano in the in the show, but when we made the CDs, there was there's so much violin and viola and guitar and things. And So I thought, well, maybe I'll have guitar, but when we started recording, the violin sounded so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those things that I didn't know that it was going to sound that way, but, you know, when things just come together and you didn't expect it to, affect you so much but I thought oh god I have to uh, keep a violin in the show
3: come and be those dancing feet on the avenue I'm taking you to 42nd street hear the beat of dancing feet it's the song 42nd Street, little nifties from the fifties, innocent and sweet, sexy ladies from the eighties who are indiscreet, side by side, they're glorified, it's the underworld that meets the elite, 42nd Street, naughty body, goddess body, 42nd Street.
0: feinstein talk about michael now i know he's we talked about how he's mentored you but what about his singing do you particularly like it's clean
1: it's just it's fresh and um and it's like it's it's clean and at the same time it's like it's soaked in emotion
6: The less I comprehend The world and all its capers And how it all will end Nothing seems to be lasting But that isn't our affair. We've got some may crumble Gibraltar may tumble There only may
0: I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest is cabaret vocalist Maud Maggart. Do you think you have a freedom to choose whatever you want to sing because of the way music is approached now? And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I know that when I first came out in the jazz world, people were, why are you playing this older style? Because I wasn't playing what everybody else is doing in the jazz world. And it seems like now I'm meeting lots of people who are drawing from the past, from contemporary music, from world music, all over, and without that same pressure of, why aren't you doing this? Do you feel a freedom in that, or do you still get some pressure from people that say, why are you singing this old stuff?
1: Mm, no, I don't feel pressure from, from anyone. Uh, people ask, but that's okay. Uh, it's it's not something that everybody chooses to do. It's To mm. sing older music, so I you know I I see it as just curiosity and not like a uh, oh I don't know a challenge or so, or mm-hmm. something you know what I mean? mm-hmm. uh, that's a, a decision I make though I mean I'm I I always do what I want to do
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I do what I want all the time. Do you think part um, of that is that artistic upbringing that you had that your parents were very encouraging of you being unique? Mm, not really, I you think I don't it's know. just your Maybe. personality, yes, I always ask because i'm I'm interested in how people can be encouraged, how kids can be encouraged and inspired, and so I'm fascinated with the environment that people develop in artistic people, mm-hmm. but you think you just had this personality that I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. you know what i don't i I, I think that it's unlikely that
1: anything uh, about me is unaffected by the way I grew up, but, um, I can't pinpoint really in what ways, Mm -hmm. um, something, because the freedom that I, musical freedom in the, in the household could, you know, I mean, you can just, it could affect you in a number of different ways, you know? I mean, you could either feel that freedom yourself or want to rebel against it and do something completely different. Like, I only want to do this. I don't and go in one
0: direction rather than take advantage of what might be laying out there for you. Well, when you put on a singer, do you just enjoy it or do you think about how they're phrasing? If something strikes you, does it are you conscious of how it's influencing you or not so much?
1: No, I just really I just enjoy it. I yeah, I'm not very good at studying things <laughs> very well. I mean, I think that things sort of just seep in to me if they're really important. But yeah, sure. I mean, like, if there's a particular song that I love, I'll play it over and over and over again, and then at some point I'll say, wow, what, how did she do that? And then I could play it again. And, mm-hmm. but, but no, I just play it to l- enjoy it.
0: Do you see yourself doing a show that is made up of tunes that are from not from the American songbook? Yeah, sure. I could yeah. Oh yeah. That's where it Well, I'm curious because that's what you have really focused on, but are you still listening to contemporary music in your everyday life or do you mostly oh, yeah. listen? You do. So you listen yeah. to a, a wide mix of things.
1: Oh yeah.
9: Well, I'm just a little Jackie Horner and I my sugar cane gang of mine has been revealing that they're feeling so I left the lamplight on that old corner All the moon in lover's lane I'm doing things I never did before when I take my sugar to tea all the boys are jealous of me Cause I never take her where the gang When I take my sugar duty I'm a rowdy, dowdy, that's me She's a high hat, baby, that's she So I never take her where the gang When I take my sugar duty Every Sunday afternoon we forget about our care Rubbing elbows at the wrist with those millionaires When I take my sugar tea I'm as risky there as I can be Cause I never take away the
0: gang goes when I take my sugar duty. So talk about the Boswell sisters. Oh, they're just so cool. Like so cool. And uh, they swing like mad. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. And Connie's voice uh, just I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Uh, well, what do you like about it?
1: They're unique, you know. They, they do well. I love their arrangements of the song. Didn't they do them all themselves, mm-hmm. all the arrangements and all their vocal arrangements and everything?
0: Would you ever do anything like that? With I was thinking, on your CD, one of your CDs that you have your duet with your sister, mm-hmm. and your voices sound so similar mm-hmm. that it would be fun to do. This is my own fantasy to do something where you did some harmony tune because it would be like overdubbing but it wouldn't be overdubbing. It Actually, you've got two people with similar voices that you could do something really fascinating, yeah, we, I think. This is Judy, the producer, <laughs> talking so I'm putting in my bid for you two to do something. <laughs> would that be a fun thing to do? Have you sung a lot together? I'm assuming you have, growing well, we, up together and playing around with it.
1: We, we've talked about that. We do We do want to do, maybe just for us, but we do want to go in and because we, we both are really impressed by the Boswell sisters. She's a huge fan of, mm-hmm. of theirs. And um, so we've talked about how fun it would be to pick songs that we love and make our own vocal arrangements for them. And uh, I could play my guitar, or ukulele, or something, and mm-hmm. she'll play the piano, or or whatever. And yes, we've we've, we've talked about
0: that. Oh, good. Well, yeah. that, that's my vote yeah. for the for uh, one of the next projects because okay. I think that'd be really interesting. Now, with your parents' experience on Broadway. And that, have you thought about that? Is that something that you fantasized when you were younger or now? Would you like to pursue doing a play, a musical? Sure. I, I would, yeah, I would love to do that.
1: And I definitely fantasized about that when I was, was younger. And then I kind of let it go. But I'm, I'm really, uh, i am really, I really live in the moment every day. So I don't, have my sights set on something here, or uh, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing now. So if some, you know, I, I take whatever comes uh, comes my way and see if it feels
0: right or or not. And then if I do feel like
1: I want to go after something, then I go after it. But I'm pretty happy
0: doing what I'm doing. That sounds like a good way to live. Well, I'm waiting for the Boswell Project. <laughs> That's what I put my vote in for. I'll get on it. Good. Good, and I really enjoyed your show last night and you being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to vocalist Maud Maggart. I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineer is Curtis Heidolf. The opening music was my recording of Airmail Special, and the midbreak music is a smooth one from my CD High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD Trio. I'm on piano with Mike Hashem on sax and Chris Blorey on guitar. For a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at JazzInspire.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com. To find out more about what I'm doing in my music, visit judycarmichael.com. Special thanks to Tom Rickenback and Carol Phillips. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is distributed by the WFMT Radio Network and produced in association with Steinway and & Sons and the American Hotel Sag Harbor, New York visit online at theamericanhotel.com.